Hey everyone, welcome in to another daily editorial here on the KE Report. I'm getting an update from Vizla Silver, traded on the TSX Venture Exchange under the symbol VZLA, and on the NYSE, also under that symbol VZLA. I am chatting with the president and CEO, Mike Connert. Now, Vizla Silver focused at the Panuku Project in Mexico. Last time I chatted with Mike was on about January 9th, where we talked about the updated mineral resource estimate that now totals little over 325 million ounces of silver equivalent. That's an indicated and inferred category. Mike, even when we were talking on that call and for our 2024 Outlook call, you mentioned a royalty spin-out announced on January 17th. There's a couple parts to this royalty because there are some parts of this project that already have pre-existing royalties on them. So can you take us through what this royalty package spin-out looks like, please? Yeah, definitely. So it's been a very busy 2024 for us already. All within one month, we've announced the uh, the resource update, announced the spin out, announced uh, Simon Smirlik uh, coming on as COO, and then of course the uh, the rebalancing happened and, and kind of firmly took our our share price up here to about two dollars. So it's uh, it's been a great month so far. With regards to that, the, the royalty spin co. Uh, effectively, how shareholders can think about this is that you know there's a two percent royalty across the entire property. Uh, previously, there's been a 3% royalty on about 60% of the concessions to a third party. Uh, we have the right to buy back 1.5% uh, of that royalty. And uh, then we'll issue another half percent on those 60% of the concessions. So effectively, um, shareholders will receive royalty exposure to the entire property. 40% of the property didn't have a royalty at all. So we're adding the 2% there, but we're, we're effectively lowering the royalty uh, burden and then giving the benefit of that to shareholders in two ways. One, through a spinco, and then two, through minimizing the royalty on the existing areas uh, by effectively 1%. So it's uh, it's a great outcome for shareholders. Um, you know, the last company to do this was was Great Bear, and they saw, you know, an incredible rise in value of the of those shares after the Spinco. My worry here is that uh, this project gets bought out before shareholders get exposure to, uh, you know, the the potential of billions of ounces of silver across this district in, in due time, like San Dimas, which is 80 kilometers away. So a royalty instrument like this gives that that upside to shareholders and preserves it for uh, longer because it's outside of the existing mothership, aka Beasley Silver. Now, can you give us a general time frame on when this spin-out might happen? Because look, you still need shareholder approval, court approval, stock exchange, and regulatory approvals, but it's also at management's discretion. So any time frame you can give us? Yeah, I, I expect this all to kind of conclude by the midpoint of the year, uh, generally speaking. These things take time, and uh, we have to kick this off uh, officially here. Uh, of course, a lot of this has to do with talking to shareholders and uh, making sure that um, that everybody's comfortable with it before the before we put the, um, the official start date out there. But I expect that to happen shortly here, and, and shareholders almost entirely have been overly positive on this, which is a, it's a great sign. And of course... It's not surprising because we're shareholders as well. And, and uh, you know, we always try to find ways to, to maximize value for shareholders. 
All right, let's move on to the January 30th news release, and that is adding Simon Smerlick to the role of Chief Operating Officer. This goes along with what you and I have talked about, building the team to be more mind-building focused for when the company really goes further down that road. But you have continued to advance this asset as well as continue to explore. But what will Simon bring to the team and the overall corporate strategy here in more of that mind-building sense? Well, Simon brings about three decades of not only construction experience, but operating experience. You know, he basically headed up the world's best mind-building organization, Osenko Engineering. They've, they've done, under Simon's watch, about 40 or 50 builds all around the world. And some of those are the world's largest copper porphyry projects down in South America. Some of them are, you know, silver epithermal systems, like in, in uh, the case of Las Chispas, which is probably one of the better analogs to the, the plant that we'll be using, the mill and the plant. So, you know, it's it's incredible uh, to have his experience and, you know, a direct analog experience in Mexico uh, to help us unlock the next steps here. But in addition to his construction experience, you know, Simon has uh, led organizations that are really quite large. You know, Osenko probably has, you know, 3,000 employees directly and then other contractors, you know, probably upwards of 10,000 people at any given time involved with uh, under, basically under Simon's watch. So, you know, he has been a mentor of mine for, for many years now. He's been an early director of uh, Diesel Silver. And, you know, he brought the culture and, you know, basically how we can effectively manage a large group of people and within our company. You know, he, he really provided a lot of that framework early on. So he, he not only brings this unparalleled mind building experience and incredible operating experience, but his leadership capabilities are, are very strong as well, too. And so his his role, his involvement full time in the company, I think, uh, is one of the best things. You know, we announced uh, the world's largest undeveloped high grade silver resource by a margin in January. The royalty spin goes very good. But this is my my favorite piece of news here for the year. You know, Simon's just uh basically an incredible addition to the, the company. Now, in terms of Simon and some of the other people that you have added that more are on that mind builder front, can you take us through kind of the team that's around Simon that, again, is focused on more of that mind build? Yeah, and, and for 2024, our plan is to de-risk the project while simultaneously exploring and making discoveries uh, across the district. You know, we have one, you know, I would say mine or or you know, one core resource area, center of mass in the West. I expect us to make uh, new discoveries of other centers of mass throughout the project, you know, even possibly this year, but continuing through the rest of the years with, with exploration. I think this, this district will continue to grow massively. Um, but what Simon will do is lead the team here, primarily focused on the West, where we'll, we'll de-risk, you know, the existing mine resource area, with a PEA, which we expect around the midpoint of the year, you know, probably by Q3 this year, we expect a PEA. And then at the same time, you know, we are de-risking the project by uh, undertaking a permitted bulk sample test mine uh, at Copala and Napoleon. And that's, that's permitted, that's uh, moving forward. It's something that will move along in parallel to the PEA when the mine design comes a little bit more full here. So. Simon is basically tasked with overseeing all the technical aspects of the, the company now, including exploration, uh, working with Jesus Bellador, who's, you know, an incredible geologist and incredible explorationist, 
And, um, you know, his goal is to find more resources in our near-term area here where, where Kofala and Napoleon sit and, and around those areas, but also to find new centers in Mass. So Simon will be supporting that. And then Simon supports Fernando Martinez, who is our uh, director of projects, and he, you know, is directly managing the, the mine development and the PEA. Okay. Uh, just a quick recap, though, in terms of the exploration that's going to be ongoing this year outside of that PEA and permitting for the bulk sample. Just remind everybody the exploration plans for this year again, please. Right. So the first two quarters of the year, we're going to really be focusing on uh, the West, our center of mass. And then at the same time, you know, we'll be continuing to make new discoveries and, and work across the district through prospecting and sampling as well as drilling La Luisa. La Luisa continues to grow. It was uh, you know, added substantially to the, the resource that we put out back in, uh, in the early part of January of this year. La Luisa will continue to grow, but I also expect uh, you know, the second half of the year to really be focused on new discoveries outside of the center of mass. Um, you know, we are planning to do the electromagnetic survey at some point here uh, this year and uh, a number of other kind of lower cost but high impact exploration support of tools here like uh, like airborne surveys and LIDAR. I think we'll all kind of lead into some really exciting discovery drilling in the second half of the year. Okay, let's also talk about what caught a lot of people's attention in the silver space and also within some gold companies, that SILJ rebalance. Some stocks were cut, some stocks were added, stocks like Vizsla were rebalanced and added too. We can see the moves that happened late in the day on January 29th. Apparently, SILJ is focused more on companies that now have U.S. listings, which, hey, your NYSE listing obviously helped with this. What insights can you give us on what it means to be rebalanced and rebalanced to the upside on SILJ? Well, I think it's great because it, it you know, what happened there was it took out some uh, overhang on the stock, I suppose, you know, if people wanted to sell the stock. Well, you know, we did 20 times over the past two days, we did 20 times our average volume and saw a 25% increase in share price. So, you know, seeing that means that we've cleaned out a lot of sellers. It means that we're open to run now. And I still absolutely think that the company probably more so than it's ever been now, is criminally undervalued. Even though we've had this rise in share price, it probably only means that, you know, we're actually that much more undervalued because, you know, it's cleared out these sellers. It showed that there are buyers for these these stocks. And I think when the, the narrative shifts and uh, people start to, to feel like they must own silver stocks and gold stocks, Visa will clearly be a front runner in that. So, you know, what this means to me is that it's it's cleared up those sellers. It's giving us a, a clear path to, to higher share prices here. And it's at a time where the company's never been, been in better shape, uh, you know, in terms of its fundamentals. In terms of those fundamentals, just a quick update. Cash in the bank. Where does the company stand, please? So uh, as of last reporting, we have about $25 million in the bank. Okay, Mike, thank you very much for this update. For everyone listening, if you want any more information on any of these topics or have any other questions, please email me. I'll get Mike to address those for you, and I will follow up on the back of some more news. So, Mike, thank you again for the update today. Thank you, Corey. Appreciate it.